New regs for commercial UAVs. Does RC modeling face a crisis? I'm Paul Plack, and this is Aero News. Welcome into the special feature. Thanks for downloading us today. Yesterday, I started a conversation with Rich Hansen, Government and Regulatory Affairs Representative for the Academy of Model Aeronautics, about an aviation rulemaking committee's report on new regulations needed to integrate small unmanned aerial vehicles into the national airspace system. You can find that segment in the archives for February 15th. There is considerable and growing pressure from a number of industries to gain acceptance of small UAVs for applications ranging from law enforcement to real estate appraisals to paparazzi. And you can bet an accommodation will be found before this decade is out. There's just too much money riding on it. Unfortunately, the FAA being the blunt tool it is, there's a risk it won't differentiate between commercial and law enforcement applications and radio-controlled model aircraft, which have an excellent safety record going back decades. In today's conclusion of our conversation, Rich says there has been some progress. Rich, the committee submitted its report to the FAA in March of 2009. Correct. Uh, You seem to, to believe at this point from some more recent interaction with the FAA that they may be softening on some of these things, that it may not be quite as onerous as it looked at that time. This has certainly been a very dynamic process and a very fluid process. So when the ARC did its um, deliberations, and it started May of 2008 and ended up um, completing in March of 2009, submitting, submitting its report, um, FAA took that recommendation in those guy that report and took it internal and started working it through uh, their processes and their rule development process. One of the things that they do is they establish a, a safety risk management panel to look at the issues, the risks that are involved. You know, they have to identify what risks do these platforms pose in the national environment. They look at the recommendations the ARC presented in terms of mitigating those risks, and then they make a conclusion, if you will, or or they set off in a direction of how to best turn that into a regulation. And that process is, you know, I would make it akin to uh, the legislation process when they're making uh, law. You know, it's it's the idea is it's like making sausage. (laughs) You know, it's it's something you you enjoy at the end, but... or, but you wouldn't want to watch it being made. So I, I suspect it's, it's fairly close to that because you have a lot of people involved, a lot of different disciplines that have to be considered. And uh, it's, it's an evolving state of affairs as, as this thing goes through review and comment processes, even within the FAA. And then yet this still has to go out to the public, too, when the uh, notice of proposed rulemaking comes out this summer. I suspect that the rule will evolve even further once that's done. So I, I think it's fair to say that the FAA in its development so far um, are not taking a hard line on those recommendations at the ARC um, and seem to be reaching out to AMA as an organizations and other um, modeling organizations, which really AMA is the only one that's at the table today, and getting their participation in resolving some of these issues. Well, one of the few good things about a, re- a deep, long, deep recession is that 
before the government can regulate um, an entire sector out of business, um, at least somebody raises their hand and goes, hey, wait a minute. <laughs> um, how big an industry is this and what could the effects be if they put uh, significant limits on what modelers can do? Well, it's a, it's a significant industry. We've It's been estimated to be as large as a billion-dollar-a-year industry. Um, and depending upon how stringent the final rules may be, I mean, it could do everything from having minimal impact to actually devastating the industry and basically putting it out of business. Uh, my personal opinion, this is just Rich Hansen speaking, I'm not even speaking for AMA at this point, but... My personal opinion, there hasn't been enough dialogue with the industry itself. Uh, I, I know that in the rules-making process, there's some federal uh, policy that requires them to do economic impact studies whenever they present a new rule. And I would hope that those policies have led them to actually opening a dialogue with the industry. But what we're hearing when we talk to the industry is they're, they're not hearing anything. We've gone to the, the large uh, distributors manufacturers, um, the retailers, and we're not finding with them that there's been a lot of um, dialogue and interaction there to make a determination on whether or not these rules are going to have a significant impact or not. I'm hoping what that means is the FAA is envisioning the rules to be um, compatible enough with existing operations that there wouldn't be any impact. But I, I think that's yet to be proven, and, and I don't know that they fully understand um, the activity itself and the needs and operations of that activity. The one thing that, that jumps out in terms of apparent misunderstandings is the airport proximity issue. Do you sense that there's been any softening on that position where the rulemaking committee was proposing to extend the radius around airports, which would be kept clear of any modeling activity? From three miles to five miles. I mean, when you count, when you multiply that by almost twenty thousand airports, that that's a huge amount of countryside. Yeah, we we've done some studying on and, and actually calculated the impact if the the area of concern was extended from a three mile radius to a five mile radius. And because you're talking about a formula that is is exponential, it nearly triples the footprint that we're talking about. Where, um. The landscape is impacted in terms of area of, of, of concern. So um, we recognize, though, I mean, obviously airports are where you have the most congestion in terms of manned to aviation traffic. And as you get closer to the airport, there's higher potential for conflict there. And AMA has had in its own safety code for many, many years a guidance to the modelers that says that when you're within three miles of an airport that you need to operate below 400 feet and contact contact and coordinate your operations with the airport to make sure that it's done in a safe and compatible manner. And that's worked very, very well. I mean, we have very few occasions where we even have concerns and, and almost no documentable conflict. And when we've gone to the FAA, um, they've not been able to provide any documentation when there's been a documentable conflict. There have been occasions where controllers have um, cited a, a a complaint from a manned aircraft operator where they believed that a model aircraft was in their airspace or at least it was in their field of view and expressed a concern. But 
in terms of actually transfer of paint between <laughs> model aircraft and, and a manned aircraft, um, you can count those instances on one hand over a span of, let's say, since 9157 came into play in 1981. Uh, you count those incidents in one hand, and there's never been a fatality um, that has ever occurred from that. I mean, quite honestly, there's never, there's only, in our records, there's only been one fatality in the history of model aviation that involved the death of a non-participant. We've had, some, unfortunately, a couple of participants that have gotten killed in the in the activity, but um, there's only been one non-participant that we're even aware of. We'll be back in a moment to wrap up my conversation with AMA's Rich Hansen. I'm Paul Platt, and you're listening to a special feature from Aero News. Freedom through performance. At Sirius, performance is not simply the measurement of a single design parameter. Rather, it's a total package. It's optimum balance of speed, efficiency, comfort, safety, ease of flight, and quality. We call it Cirrus Flying 2.0. Aren't you ready to feel the freedom? Piperjet. Pipermatch. Global expansion. Meridian, Mirage, Matrix, and more. With so much happening at Piper, how can I possibly keep up? Get informed. Get involved at facebook.com slash piperaircraft. Welcome back to the Aero News Special Feature. I'm Paul Platt, talking with Rich Hansen about new rules for commercial UAVs, which could impinge on the operation of radio-controlled model aircraft. Rich, when do you expect, or do you have any expectation, any particular expectation of when the notice of proposed rulemaking may be released? Well, the original target date was June 2011, and we just heard this last week that that's been pushed back to late July, early August. And I think that's probably going to be a I won't say a firm date, but it's going to be a date they're really going to strive to meet because there's, as I said, there's a whole industry out there that's, that's chomping at the bit to to go into business. And right now, with the exception of the, the COA process and the, and the type certificate process, they're told you can't fly unless you're in a restricted airspace where the, where the, um, uh, the FARs would not be applicable. The, they, they're grounded. So there's a lot of pressure on the, if you will, to get these rules out. And a lot of the congressional members have made commitments to constituencies to make sure that these rules come out. So I think we'll see these this summer, probably late July, early August. Well, we'll want to maybe get back together with you at that point and, uh, and see what's in them and uh, what your assessment is of them at that point, Rich. And we appreciate your explaining some of these issues to our listeners because, um, you know, this has been called by some people uh, the real entry level to aviation. I mean, a lot of people in in the generation of World War II got their start in real aviation by building models out of balsa wood and glue. Uh, now, RC modeling seems to be a way that a lot of people first catch the bug, um, and it would be a shame to see it shut down. Oh, you're absolutely right. I mean, I, I, I'm a perfect example. I started modeling when I was six years old, and I got the bug and actually pursued aviation as a full-time career and enjoyed a, a great career for over 40 years in, in manned aviation and then have always kept my modeling activity as a hobby as well. So, yeah, and we've got many, many 
examples of of very celebritous individuals, if you will, people that have really contributed to our nation that got their start in all aviation. Well, Rich, thanks for taking some time for our listeners today, and go get them. Paul, I, I really do appreciate you having us on board. This is a very dynamic situation. I mean, it, in my life here changes every day, and we'll be glad to talk to you anytime about it. Rich Hansen is the Government and Regulatory Affairs Representative for the Academy of Model Aeronautics. Find out more on the web at modelairplane.org. You've been listening to a special feature from Aero News. Find us online at aero-news.net. I'm Paul Platt. Thanks for listening. Have a clear and unlimited day.